May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. I need to begin by saying something perhaps inappropriate while standing in a pulpit, but I'm hoping you'll forgive my language if you know I'm quoting Richard. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) Janice suffered and now she's gone from our sight. Her absence is like the sky spread over everything, said C.S. Lewis. The elegant, sultry tang of her otherness is gone. Hideous cancer. Really, God? Lewis asked when his wife died of cancer, what kind of cosmic sadist are you? We get to ask, we get to rail against God. I will speak of many gifts that have come through Janice's life and death, but I have to say first that some gifts sure do seem to come wrapped in bloody ribbons. And yet, isn't it the weirdest thing that we're compelled to give thanks? Only God could orchestrate that. You may know the word onomatopoeia. It means a word that sounds like what it is, like meow or boom. I think of Janice as an onomatopoeia. That lilting voice on her cell phone message, her very name, the way she sounds it, emanates her essence, doesn't it? What a beautiful peaceful name. What a beautiful voice breathing that beautiful spirit. How could her name be anything other than Janice Rebe? I miss her. I know you do too. It hurts. I first met Janice in high school, which I'm told gives me this fortunate distinction of being her oldest friend. Yet I think that distinction should rightly go to you, Helen, her mother. Thank you for bringing her into the world, for giving her her name. I met Janice through our mutual and wide-open friend, Anne, a kindred spirit that Janice and I have shared in missing terribly for many years. You know, Jesus tells us, in my Father's house, house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Surely Janice and Anne dwell closely there in the other life. I sense their giddiness at being together again. I really do. Janice and I lost touch in the early years of our first marriages and raising our children, but about 20 or so years ago, she showed up at Grace Episcopal, where I was a member. I was really glad to see her again. It was kind of like old home week, seeing a high school buddy that I used to party with a lot. I didn't rush into reestablishing our connection. I'm not really sure why. I guess I was 
already part of a close-knit group of women friends there and thought I had all the friends I needed. What a silly notion. Janice changed all that when she came to me one day and said, Alice, please let me in. I really need a friend. What a gift that she was honest enough, vulnerable enough to say exactly what she needed all those years ago. I bet you can recall times when she gave you the gift of her honesty, her vulnerability, like on your first date, Richard. <laughs> she joined our Curcio group way back then, a small group of women who shared their spiritual journeys every Friday morning at 10, week in, week out, year in, year out. Probably, what, 20 years, Jennifer? <laughs> the simple question that guides the time together is this. What was your moment closest to Christ this week? And sometimes the flip side of that question proves even more helpful. What was your moment farthest away? Deep, sustaining friendships there. And Janice has many other enduring friendships. Cousin Betsy, Susan, Rachel, Marty, Carolyn, Betsy, Patty, Nancy, Beth. Forgive me if I've left out your name, but you know who you are. What an amazing gift that God gives us in friends. Can we even begin to imagine Janice's moment closest to Christ this past week? being present with the very one who says, I have called you friends? Can we even begin to imagine how fully we'll all get to know one another in heaven with no limitations of time or space? Janice has, as you put it, Richard, a spot-on razor sense for the perfect gift to give. And I hope my recollection of some gifts she's given me will remind you of things that you've received from Janie. What a lover of language. What an imagination. Janice loved to write and was an avid journal keeper. A couple of months ago, she told me she was going through her journals knowing she needed to get rid of them before she died. And we laughed about the poem, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, please throw my journal in the lake. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> Janice helped me with words so many times. As I moved toward holy orders, worried about being under this intense scrutiny and, and the rigors of academia, there she was to help and encourage. She proofread things I wrote, gently pointing out split infinitives and dangling participles. She helped me study for the GRE. Through it all, she directed me spiritually long before she got formal training to do so. Certification would have simply put some ink on who she already was. Could we even count the number of students she ardently guided to give it their all, to be their very best? 
this consummate English teacher, this writer, this lover of words, is now fully present with the word. How fitting. When I was going through the agony of divorce, she gave me this angel necklace here. It's made of sapphire and lapis lazuli. It, it came with this handwritten note. And I love that I have her handwriting because, you know, so much communication these days is electronic. And I keep the note with my necklace in my jewel box. And here's what it says. Sapphire, stone of wisdom, brings lightness and joy and expands intuitive knowledge, guiding one toward the fulfillment of her dreams and desires and helps one stay on her spiritual path and speak the truth. Lapis lazuli, stone of guardian spirits, I love this part, blocks the evil eye and dissolves emotional bonds and the sense of martyrdom and opens up self-expression. Spot-on, razor-sense, perfect gift. Now, Daphne, I hear that you too have inherited your mother's sense of giving just the right gift. You all know Janice loved to dance, to move that beautiful, sensual body. She came all the way across the country to visit me in Napa when I was floundering and needed my friends. Now, besides visiting many wineries, she loved her some red wine. <laughs> One day she said, girl, you need to dance. And she led Trisha and me in this Congo line throughout my house. Trisha and I only wished we could get down like she did. <laughs> and speaking of wine, the table here is wide open for anyone who wants to partake. You're welcome to commune with us, the, the angels, the archangels, with Janice and all the company of heaven. I received another gift from Janice when I got an interview for a position in Columbia. She knew my money was tight, and she kindly offered to buy me new shoes for the big day. So we went shopping. I chose these sleek black high heels, thinking I'd nail the interview in these shoes. And apparently she wasn't so sure because she called me the next day and said she just had to be honest. Alice, you can't go to that interview looking like a slut. <laughs> She did. <laughs> so I traded them in for some simple flats. <laughs> I ended up getting that job, but I don't think I ever told Janice that I named that pair my Janice shoes. <laughs> Spot on perfect gift. Shoes with a dose of honesty. <laughs> she was so happy for me. I'll never forget her saying, Oh, Alice. The men in South Carolina are such gentlemen. Does she ever know something about a gentleman? Richard Jacobs. There are at least three ways that I understand that there are three ways to become intimate with God. One way is through prayer not those arrow prayers we shoot off trying to get 
God to conform to our will, but that deep and regular submission simply to be with God in sheer silence. We may, only think, we may think only mystics can achieve this, but it's available to all of us. Janice knew this, knows this. There's something not quite right to me to talk about her in the past tense. Anyway, she knows this kind of intimacy with God through prayer. Another way to become intimate with God is through deep love with another human being. Richard, what an amazing gift to one another. What wondrous love. What a gift your love was, is to the world. Your mutuality, your vulnerability, your giving and receiving, your love mirrors our primary image of God as Trinity, a relationship of persons who dance. Although it has changed, you and Janice continue to tango. You live within the very being of God, within love that never ends and keeps on giving. Not only did Janice keep personal journals, but some of you may know that Janice had a gift of writing about, shall I say, saucier things. <laughs> she wrote eloquently of the union of lovers in terms that approach the divine. I'll leave it at that. Of course, we know the third way to become intimate with God is through deep suffering. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why is that? I believe it's because the very stamp on creation is life, death, resurrection, and ascension. It just is. The greatest gift God gives us, the spot-on, razor-sharp, perfect gift, is coming to us in person to show us that victory over death is real. In the end, there is no sting, no final separation. Our greatest fear has been overcome, liberating us fully to live fearlessly. Our good shepherd lays down his life for us sheep to show us this truth. After the resurrection, his disciples recognized him. He didn't turn into some cosmic vapor. He was himself. What wondrous love. Janice knew this deep within. And Richard, she needed you to believe it was true. What a gift you gave her by believing since we are made in the image of God, it makes sense that we go through the same things Jesus did. Like him, we get betrayed. We get crucified. We love deeply. We overcome fears. We forgive those who've hurt us, as he did. Like him, we have healing power within us. As Janice's story weaved itself ever more deeply into the story 
the greatest story ever told. You've witnessed miracles of healing in your family. Pure love gets unmasked as old suits of armor fall away. It's not surprising, but it's always amazing. What a marvelous blessing as the line between heaven and earth gets thin and luminous. Only God could orchestrate that. There's another amazing thing that Jesus did that we get to do as well. Jesus said to his disciples when they were begging him not to go to Jerusalem where he would be killed, it is for your good that I must go away for then I can send you the Spirit. In his book, Our Greatest Gift, Catholic writer Henry Nouwen says, since we are being transformed into the image of Christ and therefore doing the same things he did, that when we die, we too, Janus too, will send God's Spirit to those of us still here. Richard, what a gift you gave to Janice by believing she will do this. And what a gift to you at the moment of her passing. She hovered over you, lingering to tell you how cool it was, letting you know she's still herself. Years ago on his deathbed, my father asked me, you're not afraid of me dying, are you? It's going to be glorious. And I looked at him and I said, no, Dad, I just want to be with you as long as I can. And he looked me in the eye and he said, don't you know I'll be with you every second of your life? As Nowen said, sending the Spirit is the best expression for not leaving those you love alone, but offering them a new bond, even deeper than the bond that existed in life. When Janice drew her last breath, the breeze sang through the chimes. Wind, breath, spirit, they all mean the same thing in Hebrew and Greek. Ruah, Numa. New life always comes through death. It's the inescapable stamp on all creation. So be on the lookout. When old walls come tumbling down and love breaks out, when chimes sound, when you recognize the face of Christ in a stranger, when you catch a glimpse of the bluebird's sapphire hue, the Spirit is beckoning you to dance. If we could lift the ache out of each other's hearts, we would. But perhaps that ache is the price for loving so deeply and holding nothing back. And wouldn't we all pay it again and again for the honor and privilege of loving Janice? May the day come soon when we stop crying because it's over and smile because it happened. And please leave nothing left unsaid to the ones you love. And if you are in any way disconnected from your own belovedness, find community somewhere 
to help you reconnect with it so that you can live your life to the fullest, then exit this world with grace and love, a forgiver, unafraid. This is the legacy that Janice leaves us. These things are your birthright and they are your death right. It was torturous to watch Janice diminish. All of you who kept vigil, Ivan, Daphne, well done. Are you ever your mother's children? Jennifer, Betsy, Helen, all of you, all of you, well done. And dear Richard, well done, good and faithful husband. What wondrous love. May Mother Mary, who watched her own son die in agony, bless you in your grief. May God, who has the whole world in his hands, uphold you now and evermore. And please, please, please take solace in the fact that someday, as other eyes are watching your arrival, as other voices take up the glad shout, Janice will be there shouting, rejoicing, Yay, you're finally here. I've saved you a seat. Amen and Alleluia. <laughs>